Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the November 14th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're going to look at numbers 2585 through 2589 of the Catechism. The Psalms, the Prayer of the Assembly. 2585, from the time of David to the coming of the Messiah, texts appearing in these sacred books show a deepening in prayer for oneself and in prayer for others. Thus the Psalms were gradually collected into the five books of the Psalter, or praises, the master work of prayer in the Old Testament. 2586. The Psalms both nourished and expressed the prayers of the people of God gathered during the great festivals at Jerusalem at each Sabbath in the synagogues. Their prayer is inseparably personal and communal. It concerns both those who are praying and all men. The Psalms arose from the communities of the Holy Land and the Diaspora, but embrace all creation. Their prayer recalls the saving events of the past, yet extends into the future, even to the end of history. It commemorates the promises God has already kept and awaits the Messiah who will fulfill them definitively. Prayed by Christ and fulfilled in him, the Psalms remain essential to the prayer of of the Church. 2587. The Psalter is the book in which the Word of God becomes man's prayer. In other books of the Old Testament, the words proclaim God's works and bring to light the mysteries they contain. The words of the psalmist, sung for God, both express and acclaim the Lord's saving works. The same Spirit inspires both God's work and man's response. Christ will unite the two. In him, the psalms continue to teach us how to pray. 2588. The Psalter's many forms of prayer take shape both in the liturgy of the temple and in the human heart. Whether hymns or prayers of lamentation or thanksgiving, whether individual or communal, whether royal chants, songs of pilgrimage or wisdom meditations, the psalms are the mirror of God's marvellous deeds in the history of his people, as well as reflections of the human experience of the psalmist. Through a given psalm, Though a given psalm may reflect an event in the past, it still possesses such direct simplicity that it can be prayed in truth by men of all times and conditions. 2589. Certain constant characteristics appear throughout the psalm, simplicity and spontaneity of prayer, the desire for God himself through and with all that is good in his creation, the distraught situation of the believer who, in his preferential love for the Lord, is exposed to a host of enemies and temptations, but who waits upon what the faithful God will do, in the certitude of his love and in submission to his will. The prayer of the Psalms is always sustained by praise. That is why the title of this collection, as handed down to us, is so fitting. The Praises Collected for the Assembly's worship, the Psalter both sounds the call to prayer and sings the response to that call. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! What is more pleasing than a psalm? David expresses it well. Praise the Lord, for a psalm is good. Let there be praise of our God with gladness and grace. Yes, a psalm is a blessing on the lips of the people. Praise of God. The Assembly's a homage, a general acclamation, a word that speaks for all, the voice of the church, a confession of faith in song. Okay, so this finishes this article on on prayer in the Old Testament. 
And we see here the um, the Psalms today, looking at the role of the Psalms. The Psalms are indispensable for prayer. It's a book of the Old Testament. There are 150 Psalms. Each Psalm is like a poem or a song. Um, there are lyrics there. I actually give some melodies as well, but it just calls them by name, so we don't know what they sound like. But uh, the these praises of God that are there and can really can can answer every situation, every human feeling, every human emotion is in the book of, of Psalms. And that we're invited to pray this. This was the prayer that Jesus prayed. And this is really uh, what the early church prayed, what the church through all the centuries has prayed, and has to be, for us, one of the best types of prayer. That there are many prayers in Christian life, but the Psalms are unavoidable. We cannot avoid the Psalms. Certain members of the church, the priests and the deacons and the uh, certain monks and nuns have an obligation to pray. To pray the divine office, which is uh, basically an arrangement of the Psalms with a few other prayers from the Bible and especially some uh, readings and uh, other prayers added in. But it's mainly the Psalms. To pray the Psalms a few times every day. This is what the church should do. As I say, priests and certain other people are obliged to do this. But in a sense, this is a pity. It's a pity to oblige the priests because that gives the impression that other Christians don't have to pray. And everybody has to pray. Everybody has to pray the Psalms. I mean, if I became Pope, it would be one of the things I would do would be to not to take away the obligation for priests to pray the Psalms, but to extend that obligation to every Christian. Every Christian needs to pray. In the Middle Ages, we had the birth of the Rosary, and the Rosary was replacing the 150 Psalms with 150 Hail Marys, uh, and was given like as a poor man's psalter. And I don't want to take away anything from the rosary. The rosary is very good, very holy, very necessary. It's still a very valid form of prayer. Yet, the Psalms need to refine their place. That this book is the most important book perhaps in the Old Testament. That this um, constant prayer, and also in the Christian tradition, again, there are two ways to go about it. There's the way that kind of makes more sense on one level, which is to pray a psalm that suits your mood. If you're sad, there's a psalm to pray when you're sad. If you're happy, there's a psalm to pray if you're ha- that you're, if, when you're happy. If, you're, uh, if you've sinned, there's a psalm to pray then. But the church's tradition is to pray the psalms no matter how you feel, in the understanding that spiritually your spirit will be moulded to the psalm. And even if you don't feel like repentance, if it's a psalm of repentance, you will be moulded to repentance. If it's a psalm of joy, even if you're sad, you will be moulded to this joy. If it's a sad psalm and you're happy, then you'll even be moulded into the sadness. To think with the church, to be with the church, to be with Christ, to have the same feelings as Christ. And this is what the psalms do. They put us into a new dimension. They bring us out of ourselves. They allow us to pray in a special way, uh, praying for all creation. This is the role of the church, to pray for all of creation, to pray for the whole world, for every person. And so we're invited to pray in a special way the Psalms and to see the Psalms as, um, again, we have them in Mass and every Mass we have Psalms. 
Uh, there are many verses of the Psalms all over the place in our liturgy, but we have um, a, a, a good part of a Psalm, if not a full Psalm, between the, between the readings in Mass. But again, to see the Psalms as being something absolutely necessary for our prayer. So very good. So we've reached the end of the section. So we have the in brief. 2590. Prayer is the raising of one's mind and heart to God or the requesting of good things from God. 2591. God tirelessly calls each person to this mysterious encounter with himself. Prayer unfolds throughout the whole history of salvation as a reciprocal call between God and man. 2592. The prayer of Abraham and Jacob is presented as a battle of faith marked by trust in God's faithfulness and by certitude in the victory promised to perseverance. 2593. The prayer of Moses responds to the living God's initiative for the salvation of his people. It foreshadows the prayer of intercession of the unique mediator, Jesus Christ. 2594. The prayer of the people of God flourished in the shadow of the dwelling place of God's presence on earth, the Ark of the Covenant and the Temple under the guidance of their shepherds, especially King David and of the prophets. 2595. The prophets summoned the people to conversion of heart and while zealously seeking the face of God, like Elijah, they interceded for the people. 2596. The Psalms constitute the masterwork of prayer in the Old Testament. They pressed they present two inseparable qualities, the personal and the communal. They extend to all dimensions of history, recalling God's promises already fulfilled and looking for the coming of the Messiah. 2597. Prayed and fulfilled in Christ, the Psalms are an essential and permanent element of the prayer of the Church. They are suitable for men of every condition and time. Okay, very good. So tomorrow we're going to continue looking at numbers 2598 through 2601. God bless.